You're listening to the Charity Champions Podcast. Each year, TFNB Your Bank for Life chooses six nonprofits from around Central Texas to recognize as Charity Champions. Tonight's Charity Champion is... Champions enjoy live on-field presentations at Baylor University home football and basketball games, online broadcast and print marketing exposure, and world-class leadership development through 360 Solutions, all at no cost to the nonprofit. In this podcast, we want to get to know our charity champions a little better. We're bringing those who help and those who have been helped into the studio to hear the stories behind the champions. On this episode, how the McLennan County Sheriff's Department fights human trafficking. What was astonishing to us, when we did this first sting, we got 20. Two months later, we did the second sting, and we got 29. Then we got 50-some-odd. Then we it just went up and up. And I've said several times, my goal is to have a sting where nobody shows up. Then I know we've done some real good. Last episode, we talked about how Unbound is helping human trafficking victims. On this episode, the second in a three-part human trafficking series, McLennan County Sheriff Parnell McNamara tells us how they've teamed up with Unbound to separate offenders from victims. We don't arrest them. We take them to the sheriff's office and we interview them and get as much information as we can about this rotten pimp that they're working for and bust him, but try to get them to a different location and to a better life and salvage them. That's our main goal. If we can save these people and get them out of this lifestyle, that's exactly what we want to do. A word of warning, we cover some graphic topics in this podcast. And now, here's Sheriff McNamara. Welcome to the podcast, Sheriff. If you can kind of Give us your name and title and a little bit about you for those who don't know you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you uh, inviting me to be here. I'm Parnell McNamara, McLennan County Sheriff. I'm starting my sixth year as the sheriff here. I put in 32 and a half years with the United States Marshal Service prior to being the sheriff. So have a little bit of experience in law enforcement. And what made you first want to get into law enforcement? Well, I grew up in a law enforcement family. I always looked up to my father and my grandfather, and our family in law enforcement actually started in 1902 with my great uncle, Guy McNamara, uh, was a constable here, and then he was chief of police from 1915 up through the 20s, and then Franklin Roosevelt, the president, appointed him the head United States Marshal in 1933 for the Western District of Texas, which went from Centerville to El Paso. So the Western District, until Alaska came into to the Union, was the largest district in the United States, about 700 miles across. His brother, which was my grandfather, Emmett Parnell, uh, was a deputy sheriff in 1905, and then he went with U.S. Marshals for a period of time and ended up with the state comptroller's office. My father, T.P. McNamara, was the chief deputy sheriff here uh, in the 1930s, I think he hired on when he was 21 years old, and then he put in 36 years with U.S. Marshals. And so my brother put in 34. You know, people ask me, how'd you get to be a U.S. Marshal? I said, it wasn't anything great that I did. I just inherited the job. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, I've loved every minute of it uh, and grew up in a law enforcement family. Graduated from Baylor with a business degree, uh, majored in marketing minored in business management. Four months later, I went with U.S. Marshals. <laughs> so for those who don't know, 
what exactly makes the the sheriffs different than the police force, and, and what is your guys' territory and jurisdiction and stuff like that? We have uh, jurisdiction countywide, whether it's inside the city limits of Waco or Woodway or whatever. We have the authority to operate uh, anywhere within the county, and actually uh, within the state of Texas, we're certified peace officers. But our main objective is to protect our good citizens of McLennan County. And so what kind of things do you guys typically spend your time doing? The sheriff, uh, believe it or not, does a lot of the similar things that U.S. Marshals do. Uh, the Marshals do it on a federal level. The sheriff does it on a state and county level. We investigate crimes of all kinds, whether it's homicide, brutal murders, thefts, burglaries, assaults, uh, you know, sexual assaults, human trafficking, a very wide range of duties. Uh, we provide security for the court system. We provide security for the prisoners. We house the prisoners, whether they're state or federal. We house a lot of federal prisoners. Right now we have close to 1,000 prisoners in the county jail and close to 600 in the private jail. So the sheriff overlooks both of those jails. So we, we've got our hands full there, yeah. and, uh, but a l- wide variety of duties, and as well as protecting our citizens from the criminal element, uh, we try to protect them from disasters, weather, you know, like the West Explosion, floods, and all that. The sheriff will be out there, along with other police officers, providing security for our good citizens. And so one of the reasons we asked you in today is because one of our great charity champions, Unbound. They do a lot of work with human trafficking, and they've kind of partnered with you guys a little bit. Can you kind of explain for people who may not know exactly what does human trafficking mean? Human trafficking basically is the illegal movement of persons for whatever reason, whether it be prostitution, labor. There are many things that fall under the human trafficking umbrella, and it's just uh, movement of people for illegal purposes and we that's what we're dealing with with unbound and um, our human trafficking problem here in central texas and so how exactly do you guys work together in that well when we first got into this about four years ago uh, actually less than four years ago but october 2014 uh, we tried to do an online sting providing underage girls for sex buyers and we were overwhelmed with the response that we got. Hmm. And so the first uh, sting that we did, we arrested 20 people in three weeks that wanted to basically have sex with these underage kids. So we were overwhelmed with that. And uh, I described them as weird sickos on the news. And so that kind of stuck. I think that's being a little too kind to them. (laughs) But... uh, Then the human trafficking evolved into an effort that we had to close down these massage parlors. Everyone that we've closed down has had Oriental ladies in it that couldn't speak English. They had no automobile. They had no way out. They were sleeping on the floor. Uh, The low-life, despicable pimps, as I call them, scumbag low-lifes are living the good life in Dallas in a big half-million-dollar house, or they're living in a house bigger than that out in Las Vegas with a swimming pool and a golf course and so forth. So these women are being trafficked 
for lack of a better term, your everyday prostitute that shows up at motels and all that's being sent into the motels by a pimp, they're being trafficked also. Now, they're not usually Asian. They're usually American girls that, for whatever reason, whether it's influence of drugs or whatever, have gotten into this low-life lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so many of them that we have addressed are arrested at first we have been able to get them out of that lifestyle and that's where unbound comes in and we're so grateful and thankful for for those people susan peters and natalie garnett and their team for instance when we shut down a massage parlor that has these girls working in there and they're providing sex for whoever wants to come in we have to have a mandarin translator Mm. to translate from Chinese or whatever language, the Oriental language, into English for us because we don't speak that language. Mm -hmm. Unbound brings in a translator to help us. Excellent. And what we found is that most of these girls that are involved in this want out. Every once in a while you will find you know, basically a hardcore prostitute that's been in the business for years. And that's all they know and that's all they want to do. And you can't help them. You can't get them out. But most of these, I'd say 90% of the girls that we deal with do want a chance to get out. They don't want to be in that lifestyle, but they're afraid. We've had them show up at a motel when we do a sting and we put it out on the internet that we're sex buyer in room such and such at a motel. We'll have the pimp drive up and make the girl get out of the car, and, and sometimes the girl is all beat up and bruised and crying and make them go in the motel room. Of course, we're in there. Our SWAT team's in there. We get the girl. We bust the pimp. Some of these cases have taken us out of state. Uh, we've gone some of the cases that we've started here in Waco or McLennan County have gone into Dallas. They've gone into Houston. Uh, We sent one of our guys who is uh, commissioned federally so they can travel anywhere in the United States without any problem. We sent him to uh, New York City Hmm. because the case that he made here went back to New York City. That's where it was out of. That's where it was being organized and operated out of. So we had our deputy in New York City running with the New York SWAT team. And also, I think it was in Queens also. So I don't know if I'm answering your question or not, but it's, it's, a, it's an unbelievable team. When we make these arrests, we usually have unbound with us. If we have a prostitute coming into the motel room thinking she's going to meet a John a sex buyer in the motel room where she meets our guys, our SWAT team. We also have Unbound in there with us. And we follow Unbound's lead. If Unbound says this person is a victim more than an offender, Hmm. then we don't arrest them. We take them to the sheriff's office and we interview them and get as much information as we can about this rotten pimp that they're working for Mm -hmm. and bust him but try to get them to a different location and to a better life and salvage them. That's our main goal. If we can save these people and get them out of this lifestyle, 
that's exactly what we want to do. I would also assume in that situation, a lot of these women have been traumatized by men. And if they walk into a room full of SWAT guys, they still may be pretty scared and not really know what's going on. And having the presence of someone else there that can kind of say, you know, it's okay, you're safe now, would probably be helpful in that situation. Absolutely. That goes so far in calming these girls down because we're all armed and I'm sure we're very intimidating to a young lady, especially one that doesn't understand the American way of life, doesn't under doesn't speak English, and here the police come in. She may be told that what she's doing is legal here. And so to have Unbound with us, it is a very good tranquilizing thing to to have because they see la- another lady, another woman that talks to them. We got a translator and all. Uh, some of these women are very shaken up when we do the raid and we try to calm them down. Well, they're going to listen to a, a lady with Unbound before they will listen to me. It immediately builds up a trust there between the lady that's being trafficked and unbound and the sheriff's office. And I'm assuming also that most of your resources have to do with actually doing the sting and, and catching the people doing the illegal activity. You probably don't have a lot of resources for helping that girl after she's coming out of that situation or wants to come out of it. We pretty much leave that over, leave that up to uh, unbound because they have the places they can take them. We back off at that point and turn it over to Susan Peters and Natalie Garnett and the ladies with Unbound, and they do such a magnificent job of helping these people out. And uh, we've had in- input from young girls that, you know, American girls that were being trafficked that got into this, whether through a rotten boyfriend or the influence of drugs or whatever. Usually drugs are involved in some way. They will contact us or contact Unbound and give a success story that. You know, I've turned my life around. I've got a family now. You know, I'm no longer involved in that. And that's very rewarding to us when that happens because at least we know that maybe that's one person uh, that we were a small part of saving. You mentioned earlier that one of your tools for catching these people is to have kind of a online baiting type of thing where they think they're going to be buying sex and instead they run into you guys. Is that your main tool for catching these kind of people? It's uh, one of our tools. I don't want to go into all of our tools, but that's certainly one of them. And what was astonishing to us, when we did this first sting, we got 20. Two months later, we did the second sting, and we got 29. The next sting, we got 44. Then we got 50-some-odd. Then we it just went up and up. And I've said several times, my goal is to have a sting where nobody shows up. Mm then I know we've done some real good. So I don't know if more people are coming out of the woodwork. I've used that term before, or maybe we're getting better at it, but we're hitting them from different angles. Uh, Some of these people that we're arresting are really beyond sick. Uh, They should never get out of prison. In fact, some of them are so bad we have taken them through the federal system. Uh, We've gotten one guy over 50 years, which is basically a life sentence. We went online, posed as a daycare worker, and this guy contacted us, and he wanted to have sex with a four-year-old. And this is is sickening. I mean, this is shocking, uh, and it's, it's just way over the top. 
And so our guy online said, yeah, we got one coming in at 10 o'clock. And they talked for a minute on the Internet. And he said, that's really pretty old. He said, do you have a two-year-old or a toddler? And this just made us sick. Hmm. And so we said, yeah, we got a toddler coming in at 1030, two-year-old. And he said, I just need him for 45 minutes. So we agreed. And here comes a 28-year-old guy to have sex with a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Well, he gets to meet our SWAT team head-on. And we took him federal. He's got 50-some-odd years stacked on him that he'll have to do every one of them. And he should. And hopefully, when he comes out of prison, he will be in a box. So in that situation, is that something that's actually, you think, have happened in the in the past where a daycare worker is selling off time with these kids to these sick people? All indications were that this was not this guy's first time. Mm. He told our guys, I know how to do it. You know, I'm not going to hurt them real bad. You know, it just makes you sick when you realize that these people are, are really out there. And it just strengthens your resolve to stop it if you possibly can. And so far, we've been able to deter a lot of it, but have we been able to totally stop it? Uh, no, we haven't. So for those people out there who don't really know the signs of human trafficking in your area, in your life, what are some of the signs people can look for to know that something's not right here? Well, if you're dealing with your own child, a change in attitude towards school, a change in attitude toward the parents, being aloof, taking on a attitude of lying about everything. There are a lot of telltale signs. There's certain tattoos that these pimps will tattoo these young girls with that kind of makes them their property. Mm. There are certain, you know, things to look for there. There are a lot of telltale signs, mainly uh, distancing themselves from parents and friends and moving away from, from their family unit to the family of pimps and lowlifes that uh, they're involved with. And it can happen to anyone at any time. We have parents that are good business people, they're good church-going people, and they've had to deal with uh, their daughter uh, being a prostitute and trying to get her out of that business. And Unbound is just a tremendous tool to bring in, and there's uh, a number of, of ladies with Unbound. One of them is a former FBI agent. Uh, she's extremely good. We feel very blessed to have been able to team up with Unbound and enhance our effort to stop a lot of this human trafficking. And they've helped us recognize the different signs. I mean, there's many signs out there, but primarily, you know, the distancing themselves from family and friends, that's a, that's a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. Have you done any work with women who are, you know, working in strip clubs that are part of this human trafficking? We've dealt with that some, absolutely. Um, some of those are pretty hardcore. A lot of them been in the business a while. It's a different situation than we've run into with the Oriental girls, the Asian girls that are in the massage parlors. But there are a lot of the pole dancers, you know, in the topless clubs, the um, 
that do want out, we've had some of them reach out to us, and they just they're tired of it. They get abused. Uh, they realize what a low down, scummy, slimy lifestyle this is, and it's hard to help them until they want to help themselves. Mm-hmm. And we do run into some of those that you're not going to put them out of the business no matter what you do. If you lock them up, they'll do their time. They'll get right back out. I've seen some of the prostitutes that we had dealings with back in the early 90s during the McDuff case when that serial killer was killing prostitutes here. Mm-hmm. And so the, some of the ones that survived are still out there on the street. And they're, you know, 45, 50 years old, and they look like they're 85, but they're still doing it. And uh, it's hardly any way to get those people out of it. I would assume with the women that are brought from out of country, that as soon as you can talk to them and explain that whatever has been told to them about how they're going to earn their freedom or whatever is not true, they will come around. But the ones who are local and been working in it for a long time, they probably have this over a, a long period of time, this psychological buildup of this is all I can do. This is what I should do because I'm good at it or whatever. Absolutely. And so many of the locals just have terribly low self-esteem. You know, it's like, this is all I'm good for. You know, they, they tell me this over and over. That's all I'll ever be. And so we've heard that many times. The Asian girls are promised the American dream. Come over here. We're going to get you a good job. You know, we'll let you work here or there. They don't tell them, hey, you want to be a prostitute? Mm-hmm. You know, come on over here and, and be a whore. That's not told to them. So they get over here, and uh, this bunch uh, that was running one of the massage parlors here, that they lived in Las Vegas. I don't know if you saw where uh, we sent two of our deputies to Las Vegas, and we ran search warrants on their houses there. While our guys were out there, the man and the woman fled to Texas and were arrested uh, by the U.S. Marshals and Richardson that were helping us on that case. Those people, they have it pretty well established how to get these women over here on these temporary visas. Most of them were coming into Las Vegas. And then these people own massage parlors in several different states, and we have found that out through these search warrants. And so we're going to be addressing that and uh, two of my deputies have been commissioned federally under Homeland Security. So we can send them into these other states to work with the local police in those states, just like they did in Las Vegas. Uh, when they ran the search warrants with the Las Vegas SWAT team on that house in, in uh, Vegas, our guys were right there with them. And they had the Las Vegas police jackets on and all that. So. It's worked out very well having them commissioned federally, just like when I was with U.S. Marshals. We went all over the United States. We didn't have any borders. We had offices in South America and Europe. So you could go, they could send you anywhere. So these guys, because they're commissioned federally, uh, it's a wonderful tool that we use, and we take advantage of it, and we send them wherever they're needed. Sounds like to effectively take this down anyway, you would need to have no borders because it doesn't just live in Texas. You're exactly right. And, you know, people, every once in a while, somebody will say, well, why are you operating outside the county? Well, my goal is to stop the criminal before he gets into McLennan County. 
and we were involved in a tremendous narcotics case that started with our agency here in McLennan County, went into Dallas, then spilled over into South Texas. So the DEA, FBI, U.S. Marshals, uh, there were many agencies involved, but it actually started with McLennan County Sheriff's Office. So I had one of our deputies assigned to the IRS task force that was doing all the financial stuff on the cartel. And uh, we seized office buildings. We seized ranches. We seized farm equipment. We seized racehorses. We seized over $30 million in assets in the McAllen area. And uh, McLennan County deputy sheriffs were there. We had probably 12 to 15 of our deputies in McAllen assisting the feds and everybody else. So those proceeds, um, when they divvy up, you know, will come back to the county and will be a good asset to help us continue fighting crime on every level. That's an effort that I think is very necessary and maybe goes goes back to the days when I was with U.S. Marshals. Uh, we worked so closely with DEA, FBI, IRS, all, and uh, Secret Service, ATF, all the guys, and I still want to do that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're very fortunate. We have a wonderful team here in Central Texas that they all work together very well. It sounds like the most effective way to combat the problems that we have around here is to get at the source, wherever that may be. Absolutely. You know, and if we can stop a drug dealer on an interstate 35, you know, in Austin or Belton before he gets to McLennan County, that's our goal. Mm-hmm. Take him off the street, off the highway, hit him as hard as we can. Sheriff, getting back to your partnership with Unbound, how difficult was it to do the enforcement work Uh, regarding human trafficking before that partnership? How were you able to do that? We actually got teamed up with Unbound fairly early on. Okay. But once we got Unbound, and they they reached out to us to see if we would want to do this. And I said, absolutely. It took our effort to a totally new dimension. It sounds like a case of local citizens stepping up. Absolutely. And so uh, after talking to... Uh, Susan Peters and Natalie, mm-hmm. it was an incredible team. They add so much to it. You know, okay. we can throw people in jail. We can arrest all the girls. But a lot of them do not need to be arrested. Right. They're victims. That's what Unbound brings to the table. It gives us a, a lot better view of who needs to go to jail and who doesn't. Right. Well, are there, are there some things that uh, citizens here locally could do stepping up to help your efforts that are being unmet right now? I think the main thing is to be aware of certain situations. And if it looks like somebody is being trafficked or pimped by one of these people, they probably are. I got a call over the weekend from a citizen that saw a young lady standing out on a parking lot. And we found out later that she's been out there quite a bit very pretty girl, and there's no question that uh, that's what she's doing. So we're addressing that, and uh, if the citizens suspect something, even with their own family, we strongly suggest they reach out to us, and we will try to help 
get that person out of that lifestyle if we possibly can. Mm -hmm. That's our main goal is to salvage people. The pimps, they're beyond help. I want to hit them as hard as we can. I want to throw those low-life rats under the jail. Okay. They know it. But the innocent victims, we want to save them if we possibly can. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you about a phone call I got recently, indirectly, because of publicity we uh, um, had because of the Unbound interview. A person called in, and I'm not going to give too much information because uh, it may be of interest. Just a local citizen uh, was noticing in this particular area there was in and out all male, uh, no signage to indicate there was a commercial enterprise going on certain time of the day. And they call, well, who do I call? I said, I don't know who you call. Who should they call when they see something like that? Call me. I don't care where it is. We will address it. It doesn't matter if it's out in the county. If we get a call that people need help inside the city limits, we respond. Okay. And the city of Waco, Woodway, Mark, West, McGregor, all that is in McLennan County. And so we work very closely with our local guys. We don't try to step on their toes, but we address any problem like that that is brought to us. I hope they feel free to call the sheriff's office okay. and um, ask for our detectives, or they can ask for me directly. And we definitely will respond and check it out and try to find out what's going on. Do you feel like y'all are making progress? Well, in a way, I do. We've, we have arrested several hundred. Uh, we teamed up with a John suppression effort out of Cook County, which is Chicago, Illinois. Mm -hmm. We've done it three times. One time we ended up number six in the nation in number of arrests. For and you want to be last. Well, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to be last. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's really not something to brag about, but it's uh, to brag about our effort. Mm. I'd like to come on your show and say, hey, we had a sting and nobody came. Yeah. But this last one that we were involved with, and the big cities are involved, New York City, Boston, Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth. But we ended up fifth in the United States in number of arrests right here in McLennan County. And so we've been sixth, we've been fifth, and then last summer we were fourth. We had, in, in a period of a little over three weeks, we arrested 72 people in three weeks. Yeah. Well, Sheriff, that would indicate to me the enforcement is going on. Right. I think that's definitely it. I have people assigned to this full time, mm -hmm. and I have told them to go forth and round up the traffickers, and they... They do it. I go out with them. They know they've got a green light to hit it as hard as they can. It's not a hit-miss thing where one of our detectives will work a week and then he goes off doing burglaries or whatever. I've got guys assigned to the trafficking problem. And so because of that, they're able to produce these big numbers of these traffickers. We've had people say, gosh, I didn't know I was in McLennan County. When did I cross the county line? <laughs> We've had police agencies from Ellis County, which is Waxahachie. Bell County came into McLennan County. We helped them get started. We even sent one of our main guys to Bell County uh, with the sheriff over there, Eddie Lang, to help them get their program going. Their first thing, I think they arrested like 18. One of them was from Waco. 
So our guy, when they brought him in, said, why are you coming all the way over here? He said, man, they're arresting everybody over in Waco. I bet that was music to your ears, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. You know, well, that'll, that'll... We go, what an idiot, you know? <laughs> it's just, it it never... And we've arrested a guy on Friday, bonds out on Saturday, arrest him at the same motel on Monday. You know, mm, what, Smart guy. One guy, uh, we were doing a sting at one of the local motels, and this guy ran from us. So we have a big scuffle, and I was there, we had red and blue lights on, and it was a a lot of noise going on. So we arrest the guy. Well, there'd been a fella in a silver pickup orbiting the, ho- the motel. Well, when he sees that, he just jumps on the interstate and he's northbound. He gets away. Well, I'm really mad about that. I said, that guy that's been circling saw the fight, you know, out in the grass and got away. So we get back in position. And within five minutes, our guy that's working the Internet in the room says, you won't believe this. He's coming back. He made it all the way to West. He contacts him and said, are the police still there? He said, no, they're already gone. Come on back. He comes back. We arrest him at exactly the same room where we busted the guy that he saw. So That's incredible. Not too it right. Is. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's, we, it never ceases to amaze us, the stupidity of some of these people. Yeah. You said something earlier that brought up something in my mind where you're helping uh, neighboring counties with their enforcement. And I'm wondering, do they have a partnership with uh, people like Unbound that they can lean on, or how, how do they handle the situation? I think Unbound is willing to work with them, and I think some of them are. Okay. Um, I gave a talk to a group of women on the steps of the Capitol about, I guess, three years ago once we got started in this effort. And so they wanted to know there was like 300 women and I'm on the steps. I'm telling them, you know, what we're doing and so forth. And I said, go back to your sheriffs and tell them what we're doing is very easy to do. And we will help every one of them that calls us mm. and just tell them how we're doing this. And so we had a lot of sheriffs call and say, man, can you tell us? And so we tell them, you know, we don't hide anything. Uh, it's not rocket science. Uh, what we're doing, but we're very persistent at it, and we're very good at uh, at the effort that we're putting out mm-hmm. there. So our goal would be to educate any law enforcement agency that would like to, and we've had a lot of them reach out and come down and run with us and see how we do it. They go back and they say, you know, wow, that's that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We can do that too, and they yeah. and they are. So it's, I think it's. Not just us, but there is a concerted effort in law enforcement now statewide to fight this human trafficking. That's wonderful. Because it is a scourge. It's yeah. just, and when you see the look in some of these girls' eyes when you go in there and they realize that you're there to help them and you're not going to hurt them and you're really not going to try to throw them in jail, you want them out of that lifestyle, it's a totally different person. Mm-hmm. They light up, they... It's such a sigh of relief to most of them. Mm. Thank you so much for coming in today, Sheriff. I really appreciate it. It's been very informative. Well, thank you all very much, and I'm honored that you all invited me here. And Thank you so much.
Thanks for listening to the Charity Champions podcast. If you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please take a moment and rate and review us. This helps our podcast reach more listeners. Have a charity you'd like to nominate for next season? Visit charitychampions.org slash nominate. You can also find more information on this podcast and all Charity Champions at charitychampions.org. And of course, tell all your friends. We'll see you next time.